Next on BYU Sports Nation, tackling fuel. The 2017 entourage of BYU linebackers, full of firepower, but who will lead the Cougars in tackles? The always opinionated Brady Papinga joins us live to discuss the linebackers and his expectations for the Cougars this season. Don't forget Between the Lines playing in sync with BYU women's soccer. Justin Timberlake approved. It's going to be This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play. We're hanging out in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tuesday, July 25th, mm. Fall Camp Reporting Eve. Yes, football. Are you ready for the football? Yes. yes, is the answer to that. Wherever and however you are dialed in, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with Black Bear wrestler Jerem Jones. Maine. The Maine Black Bears. That's where BYU Fitty is today. Can you get any farther away from Provo, Utah? Yes, in Newfoundland. Than Maine. Where they have a time zone and a half, we learned from GDO. Okay, within the same country. Mm. No. <laughs> I went to Maine like two years ago for the You've first time. You've been to Maine? Just drove to, like, I was in Boston and my sister, hanging out with my sister, and we drove to Maine just to go to Maine because I want to go to Off Fitty. Oh, nice. Nice shirt, by the way. This Thank is you. The, this is the uh, Team USA soccer jersey slash jert? Jert. It's a jert. No, it's a jersey. Shirt jersey. Yeah. Uh, USA plays Jamaica tomorrow in the Gold Cup final. So I was thinking we could wear it. USA stuff tomorrow, but it's our fall camp preview show. Yeah. So we're probably going to look a little more a fish. People ask me, by the way, they're like, do you and Spencer coordinate close? No. We, the, okay. The, the answer is yes. Well, on very, very specific Only days. Only when we have like media day or a very official day, it's like, which BYU polo are we? Yeah, just so we don't show up in the yeah. same polo. Because I've actually got a shirt on underneath that's Team USA. <laughs> so, yeah, Team USA soccer. Yeah, it's, so it's – we did not coordinate that. I, it's I funny you. how yeah. it works out, though, because my – you get nervous when I lift my shirt up, by the way? No, never. because okay, I did. Never. I was like, I got to make sure no, I got You're good, right man. Shirt. You're good. <laughs> now, I've had family members say – do you? they've asked the same question. Do you coordinate? Because we often show up with things that complement each other, but I attribute that to just ESP. N. <laughs> The worldwide leader. Yes. Something like that. Anyway, BYU 50 in Maine today. BYU played Maine in a sport recently, and you called these games in softball. The Black Bears of Maine. March 15th, BYU won 8-0 and 10-4. That's all we do. BYU greater than Maine? Question mark? (laughs) Are there more BYU fans in the state of Maine than Maine Black Bear fans? No. Chip Kelly started in Maine, by the way. FCS. Hey, how about that yeah. for a random yeah. fact? That's all I know about Maine. Sorry. Go Chip Kelly. And they have a Portland, but not the Portland. Not I the Portland. Yeah. Hey, bring on the headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines. Do your black bear growl again. Arr, 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 arr. BYU not a growl. Football. It's like eating meat or something. BYU football players report for fall camp tomorrow at 11 a.m. Yeah! Mountain time. Woo! In correlation with that. We will roll out our fall camp preview show tomorrow. Go two-on-one with a key BYU football player. Preview the second year of Kalani Satake's head coaching tenure. I'm very excited. Uh, Tomorrow, 
fall camp preview. Thursday is the first day of practice. Friday we will have a two-on-one that we will have recorded at practice with a player. They're practicing in the late afternoons, so we will have Facebook Live. We will have full coverage, Twitter, Facebook, all that on BYU uh, TV Sports, BYU Sports Nation, all of it. Cougars in the CFL news. Cody Hoffman is in the CFL still. He's not with the Montreal Alouettes anymore. He's with the Ottawa Red Blacks, okay? And he played last night. He had a catch for seven yards versus your Toronto Argonauts. Also, Jay Keeps is on the BC Lions. Yeah, the former there, BYU quarterback. There is a BYU quarterback pipeline to the BC Lions. <laughs> John Beck and now Jay Keeps. Who's next? I don't know. Taysom, Taysom Hill. Hill post-NFL career. <laughs> <laughs> Team USA Volleyball announced its roster for the Pan-American Cup. Brendan Sander, Price Jarman, and former Cougar Jake Langlois is all named to the team. Former BYU star and assistant coach Rob Nielsen will coach the team. Another former player, Joaquin Acosta, uh, Joaquin, sorry, Acosta will coach as well with Rob Nielsen. Team USA plays today 6 Eastern against Mexico in Canada. So this is like the young guns. Most of these guys are in college still. So this is cool. Brendan Sander and Jake Langlois played on this team last year, and Montezuma's revenge struck that team, apparently. Michael Ruck in Mexico City. Michael Rucker is the Carolina League Pitcher of the Week for the second week in a row. Listen to this. Michael Rucker has pitched 20 straight innings without giving up an earned run. Yeah, the call to double A is coming very, very soon. Wow. Also, Taylor Cole, this came out of the blue too, joined the, pun intended, I guess, joined the Blue Jays AAA affiliate Buffalo Bisons Friday. He's a a reliever now. He pitched one inning yesterday, struck out two, and a loss to the Durham Bulls. Connected to the movie? Just, Just maybe. Just maybe. BYU baseball, by the way, professionally in a better place than they've been in a very long time. A major leaguer, two AAA guys now, Jacob Hanneman and Taylor Cole. This uh, handful of guys in AA ball, and then, of course, single-A balls. They come out of the minors from last year's team. This is awesome. BYU baseball is making some waves uh, like they haven't in a long time yeah. right now. Big credit great. to Mike Littlewood and his staff. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending, brought to you by Ahern Rentals. Your next job is our priority. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. Linebacker legends. There is no position group that has created more confidence in the BYU football fan base than that of the linebackers. For good reason. They've earned that respect with proof on the field. Our position preview today centers on the one most experienced, two tackling machine, and three big playmakers the BYU linebackers, starting with the big three, Fred Warner, Butch Pau, and Francis Bernard. All three guys have received some national recognition of some sort, most notably Fred Warner. NFL.com released their top ten linebackers to watch in college football in 2017. He came in at number nine. Butch Pau stopped the run, the second best run stopper individually, in all of college football, behind only a Wisconsin linebacker. No reason, no wonder he's smiling ear to ear. And then Francis Bernard, athletic guy, moved over from running back, can cover in space. If you question that, see the Utah game. This is a loaded position group. To me, the defense will carry this team, and specifically the linebackers will carry the defense. So to me, this is the most important position group 
on the team. I think Tanner Mangum's the most important player, but I think the most important position group on the team is the linebackers. All of those guys had interceptions. Fred Warner and Francis Bernard had multiple interceptions, and both had a pick six last year. These guys are major playmakers. Fred Warner, as mentioned yesterday, over the weekend, a top 10 linebacker in college football, according to one NFL.com list. Francis Bernard was incredible in his first year as a linebacker post running back. Yeah, Remember that yeah. as a freshman? And then Butch Pau was hurt for a couple games with that strained MCL. Otherwise, he's a 100-plus tackle guy in college football. These linebackers are really good. I mean, it's, it's the first time I've thought, okay, all three are really, really good since – I don't know, 09 with the Bauman and the Keels and the Nixons, 08-ish around there. And BYU's had a lot of good ones for several years. And maybe I'm missing like the 2012 crew with Wani Unga and Alani Fua and those guys. But BYU produces good linebackers, and this is yet another set of three, used to be four, right, set of three behind that imposing D-line that can change games for BYU. It's one thing to tackle well and have a big number in that category, but their playmaking ability on the ball to cover in space, especially the two outside guys, Fred Warner and Francis Bernard, and then once they get that ball, they've got a nose for the end zone. Now, now I do think that they need to pressure the quarterback a little bit better. It starts with the D-line. It's not the linebacker's job per se. The D-line needs to provide more pressure. But these linebackers in coverage are really good because Butch is sneaky that way. Butch had an against the toughest team BYU played last year in interceptions. West Virginia, to me, was the best team. Fred Warner, to me, is next level. I think he'll be drafted. If not, he's going to be a free agent for sure. And then Francis Bernard is incredibly athletic and massive. Uh, so BYU is in a great spot at linebacker, especially because games two, three, four are really tough with LSU, Utah, Wisconsin. You want to know what type of production this trio brings back? Why not roll out our stat of the day? It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU returns its top three tacklers from 2016 this season, the three guys we've outlined. Fred Warner was your leader at 86, Butch Powell 83, and Francis Bernard at 80. Butch Powell would have been a 100-plus guy if he hadn't been hurt. He had 19 against UCLA. 19? With that backdrop... Let's ask today's Twitter question. Who do you think will lead BYU in tackles this season and why? Butch Powell, clearly. If he's healthy, he will be the guy. The defense is set up for the middle linebacker in a 4-3, three three being the linebackers, for that middle guy to be your number one. Matt Bauman led in a really good BYU defense in tackles, and that's to his credit. The middle linebacker is in a great spot to make a lot, lot of tackles and clean up. Butch Powell, if he doesn't get hurt last year, is going to be the leading tackler. In fact, despite missing two games, he was only four off the lead. It's interesting when you look at the change in defense going from Bronco Mendenhall and his scheme to Kalani Satake. BYU and the free safety position led the team in tackles two of Bronco's last three yeah. years. Andrew Rich was really good. I, he was, Daniel Sorensen. They were in the box cleaning up. And those were guys that Andrew Rich got a, a cup of postum with the Arizona Cardinals. Obviously, Daniel Sorensen is a starter in the league now. Those are good players. Kai Nakua was also... He, he wasn't a tackling machine. He was a ball hog. But high on the list, Broncos last year. I mean, he, he made a lot of tackles. I don't know if that's a good thing, that the free safety is so heavily involved. You want your strong safety as a tackling machine. 
because the free safety is free to roam and make interceptions. The point is, in the 4-3 defense, linebackers should and likely will make a ton of tackles. But who do you think will lead BYU in tackles this season? First tweet in from at YFangirl underscore JB. Butch, he was only healthy for like five games last year, right? <laughs> if he can stay more, healthy, he'll do some damage. Yeah, he was pretty banged up. Once he played he, injured a lot. Once he strained that MCL, it was different. It, it really was. And luckily, he's healthy and ready to rock. At Brett Parker 6, someone in the front seven, because we are stacked and no one will penetrate it. I, I'd say Butch Pau or Sione Takitaki will lead in tackles. Now, Takitaki is the guy that takes over essentially for Harvey Longy, right? He's an outside end. Uh, so BYU is putting essentially a linebacker on the line. They're calling it a 4-3. They're beefing up. You know, it's a bigger linebacker, 240, 250. On the, they call it OE, outside end. You essentially have three D linemen and then four linebackers, but you're just putting that guy on the line at all times. But you can run multiple out of that, meaning we're not always going to just rush four and have three back. You can do whatever you want. I'm with you. I'm, I don't think Taki Taki is the leader in tackles. I think he may be your leader in sacks. I'm with you. I think Butch Pau should be the leading tackler just because of the way the defense funnels everything inside. Stop the run, and your number one run stopper is Butch Pau. Based on how many snaps he played and how many tackles he made, he was super efficient in that yep. category. So I don't see any way that it's not Butch Pau, you know, aside from him not staying healthy. Well, who was the safety for the Colts? That was a little Bob smaller. Sanders. Sanders. Bob Sanders. Now, Butch reminds me of that. He's a little smaller. So that it concerns me that he that he's in the the muck of everything, that he could be hurt a little easier because he was a little smaller. I don't he got a strained MCL. I hope he's healthy. He's just so I love it, but he's so reckless, right? He just crashes in there, stands people up. He's really fun to watch. I hope he can stay healthy. Tell us what you think, BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN when you respond. Should the middle linebacker in this defense be the leading tackler? Jeremy and I both think so. Brady Papinga will tell us what he thinks about this BYU defense and what is the most likely position to lead BYU in tackles. Jeremy, it's hard to believe. You know, we're excited about fall camp starting tomorrow with players reporting in an actual practice on Thursday. There's a game essentially one month away. Countdown to the Viking. 32 days. A Jimo Dashen's worth. 32 days from a game. One month exactly tomorrow. The 26th. <laughs> <laughs> Very excited. Very excited. Why do you or who do you think will he be while you tackles this season? At Hot Wings 85 says Fred Warner. Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't he have the most tackles last year? He is yes. beast mode. Yes, he led because the Because Butch Bow got hurt. We'll see what happens. Coming up, Between the Lines challenges BYU women's soccer to hone their extrasensory perception. But first, the always entertaining Brady Papinga on his expectations for BYU. Welcome back. BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Our conversation is jumping right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Tomorrow is our fall camp preview show. We will get you ready for year two of the Kalani Satake tenure our fall camp preview tomorrow, BYU Sports Nation, of course, noon Eastern time, BYU TV, BYU Radio, and the apps. Who do you think will lead BYU in tackles this season? Tell us why. At Ryben3 tweets in, I know who will have the most hard hits this year 
but he could be the leader in tackles too. Mr. Pau, hashtag fill the Pauer, <laughs> and hashtag Powder Blue. Very nice. Very nice. I- I'm just glad that we all know how to say his name at the beginning of the season. Because last year was like, how do you say your name? Because he came out of nowhere, remember? Oh, yeah. It was like, who is this yep. guy? Yep. Yeah, yeah. What was it, uh, his nickname that his dad gave him? I'm trying to remember. I can't remember either. <laughs> he told us in fall camp. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember, though. That's a great story, right? We can't remember. Oh, come on. <laughs> It'll come to us. Somebody out there. Don't look on like, YouTube. I can't quick. believe you guys forgot that. Yeah. Joining us now on the Desert First Credit Union Hotline is one of the all-time great linebackers at BYU, former NFL star Brady Papinga, Super Bowl champion. Brady, welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Good morning to you. Absolutely. Good morning back at you. And uh, let's start with this. In a 4-3 defensive scheme, which BYU is in in year two under Kalani Satake and defensive coordinator Elisa Tuiaki, if you had an ideal position to lead the team in tackles, which would it be? Oh, it's going to be the Mike linebacker, Pau, because everything's funneled to him and everything's set up for him to make all the tackles. For example, any outside run is either going to be funneled to the inside by an outside defensive end, or if he happens to be inside on a, let's say, a tight end, the outside backer, Fred Warner, or Francis Bernard, is going to be either still, basically they're going to be setting the middle backer up for all the tackles. I don't want to get too adept on the X's and O's, but it's all about the Mike backer. You go back to the freight train Morris days when, you know, Ken Schmidt was a D coordinator slash linebackers coach, the same kind of idea. The defense has evolved a little bit since then, but all four threes in terms of their philosophy of where they want the ball to end up is that your middle linebacker, if he doesn't end up becoming your leading tackler, then you need to, do, you need to find a new middle linebacker. Because if it ends up being your safety, which a lot of times that happens on some teams, you know that the front seven is not too good. But I'll say uh, it's going to be Paolo Paolo going to lead the team of tackles bearing his health. Now, BYU has three returning starters, and there's some playmakers. Uh, you know, two of these three had pick sixes last year in, in Warner and Bernard. What do you think of this group of Fred Warner, Butch Powell, and Francis Bernard? I like them. They're versatile. They're active. Uh, you know, obviously Fred Warner brings the most to the table. I, I, almost, I almost want to see them walk Fred Warner up a little more and use him as an, a stand-up outside rusher, a la 3-4 outside backer, and then at times drop him into coverage because I think that's his his best position, but I mean, you've seen him last year basically play like in nickel situations, like the nickel, which is generally reserved for a cornerback slash defensive back type body who he excelled in that position. But I like Fred a lot. I see a lot of Kyle Vanoy in him, except the more disciplined version. You know, Kyle was off the reservation and he made up for that. And <laughs> he was, you know, I know, I know your, your brother loved that. You in know the box. My brother says, I say, you know, we all say is if you can go out there and, you know, spin on your head and do backflips and cartwheels and yet still make plays. We don't care how you do it as long as you make plays. That was Kyle Van to a T. But Freddie's very technically sound, very disciplined, stays in his lane. And uh, like I said, he's very talented at all facets of, of playing linebacker, whether that's rushing, covering, stopping the run. And uh, with Kafusi as his coach, you know, I know that he's going to be teaching a lot of pass rush moves and skills. So hopefully they use him in that capacity just to create a little bit of deception because I know last year's defense was very predictable. And so that could be one little improvement and tweak they make is, is adding a little bit more unpredictability to their defensive scheme, and Fred Warner could be big time in that. And obviously Francis, I think it was huge for him to go from running back to linebacker because he now knows you know, the very thing that those running backs are trying to do because he's been in their position, and I think that gives him an advantage. But I like him across the board. And I like power. I like his toughness. I like his tenacity, and I like his leverage. I like how he gets up under offensive linemen's pads and 
how he delivers blows on ball carriers low and, and through their chest and their center mass of their body. And so I think overall they have a, a very talented, deep, and versatile linebacking core. At the next level, Fred Warner seems like a linebacker naturally, but is there a chance he's like a nickelback or can increase his speed a little bit to even be a safety in some positions? Or am I crazy? No, 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 no. Whoa, 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 whoa. Pull back the brakes there, buddy. Oh, <laughs> he's a linebacker. He's not going to be a safety. Nor is he going to be a defensive back. The guy's a linebacker. Now, uh, he would be fantastic in many different schemes, but uh, like I said, the key is his rushing ability. Can he rush the passer? Because today's NFL, as college has always been, and in college you got – you know, superior athletes like a Fred Warner who can make up for his lack of, you could say, DB-like abilities, although in comparison to other linebackers, he's very good in coverage. But you put him on the NFL level where he has to walk out on guys in the slot receiver like Julian Edelman or Brandon Cooks, uh, those kind of guys would eat him alive. You know, Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb with the Green Bay Packers do the same thing. So his greatest value is going to be able to be can he rush the passer? Because we know that he can do the other things. He, we know that on running situations or big personal situations, he can go out there and run with tight ends and, you know, stop the run, set the edge, those kinds of things. But if you want to stay on that obvious passing down, you got to be a rusher. And so uh, that's why, you know, and I think that's a, 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 an ability he has. But again, it's going to be up to Kalani and that defensive staff to, to fit, factor that into the, the scheme. Or are they going to feature that as one of their, you know, their kind of plans with Fred Warner. Because if, if they do, I do believe it not only will help them this year, but it also helps Fred in terms of his value in the NFL. Brady Papinga with us on BYU Sports Nation. Of course, Cougar great, NFL analyst now and NFL alumnus. Speaking of the NFL, recently on NFL.com, their pool of riders listed Fred Warner at number nine on a top 10 list of college linebackers to watch in 2017. Is that too high, too low, or just right for a guy like Fred? Oh, they don't know what they're talking about. I don't even know, you know, if half the guys who get drafted in the first day or whatever, first three, four rounds, aren't even on that list. So we don't know. I mean, the, the people making those lists, they're, you know, they're going off of some junior day numbers. They're going off of what they're hearing between quotations. But let's be honest, if you're a scout out there and you're good, are you really going to want people to know who you like? Because if all of a sudden you're like, oh, I really like this guy. Yeah, everybody go to BYU, check out Fred Warner. He's my guy. And they really like him. Guess what? It increases his demand. And all of a sudden you're going to have to pay a higher price to bring him in. If anything, you're going to be saying, hey, go check out this guy because he's awesome. We love him. And he's a guy you hate. So everybody is distracted with somebody else. So I don't pay attention to any of those. A lot of it's going to come down to how Fred performs this year. And if he plays anywhere near where he did last year, I don't see why he wouldn't be a top linebacker. And as everybody knows, it doesn't matter where you start. Only matters is the scheme you get put into. And I mean, Calvin, I think is the greatest example of that where he starts off in Detroit and they literally were wasting him away as an off the ball linebacker. And all of a sudden he goes to new England in a scheme that fits his talents. Because it happens. He goes and wins the Super Bowl, and he plays a lot more and he has a lot more impactful role. So, all these lists and predictions, they mean absolutely nothing. We're just waiting for games to be played so we read stuff like that, let's be honest. Uh, well, if you want to talk about something, I mean, I, I, I've tweeted out there. I don't know you guys were – I tweeted out there. Everybody thinks that Luke Staley, just because he won a Doak Walker Award, is the best BYU running back in history. And I'm here to tell you that he's not. I mean, if you want to go down that road, we can go down that road. Brady. Brady, you're, That's, you've I, got you've got Jerem you've got Jerem raising his eyebrows a little bit. 
Yeah, well, okay. Why? Who? I, I know you tweeted that out, but tell people who's, uh, who your top couple of guys were in BYU history, and we can discuss. The oh, top yeah, running yeah. Well, backs ever. Number one is Jamal Williams. Okay. Number two, Harvey Younga. Number three, Curtis Brown. Four was Pete Van Volkenberg. And five was Ronnie Jenkins. And the reason is, is it's simple. Well, you have Pete Van Valkenburg above Luke, Luke Staley. Oh, yeah. Well, let me tell you the difference. You have something against it's, Luke? <laughs> oh, no, it's uh, it's simple. I play with the guy. and I mean, I know him very well. I watched him firsthand for two years straight. And the, uh, the problem with Luke was he was a guy that everybody else had to cater to so that he could be in the best position to succeed. So everybody else had to prop him up. Whereas everybody else before him on that list, guess what they did? They did it reverse. They propped everybody else up. And so when you look at Luke, he was a guy that he, he, he didn't like football. I mean, I remember one time sitting, getting ready to go into practice, and the guy's sulking in the corner saying how much he hates football. He hates to be out there. You know, and when you go out there, everybody has to, you know, like I said, cater to him. They have to, come on, Luke, you know, and, and, and really worry about him. You know, Gary Crone's like, all right, man, we got to. Make sure he gets his touches. We got to make sure that he's happy. You got to make sure that he's in an ideal position to succeed because he couldn't run between the tackles. Was another thing, and it's just because it was a willingness thing. He just didn't want to do it because he didn't enjoy the contact of the game. And then lastly, when you rank players, there's no way you can rank a guy high who missed as many games as he did because of injuries. The guy was injury prone for whatever reason. And you couldn't rely on him. You didn't know if you're going to have him. Like we in 2001, we didn't have him at the end of the year. We didn't have Brian McDonald either, by the way, who was also a fantastic running back in his own right. Yeah. But uh, you add all that up together. I mean, that's just not an all-time great guy. Now, I mean, he wins the Doak Walker Award. Now, that's you know something that's decided by writers. Remember, that's not something that's decided by players. And I'll tell you what, if I had to play, if I had to choose all those guys to play against, I would not choose Luke Staley. I choose Luke Staley as number one to go against because I know how to neutralize him versus those other guys like Jamal Harvey, you could stack the box, you could set the edges, and they're still going to grind you out, wear you down, where, where by the third and, you know, middle of the third going into the fourth quarter, they're going to be popping runs off. They used to be third or three-yard gains, four-yard gains now for 10, 15, whereas Luke is inverted. He would be a guy that maybe if you got him going at first, he could pop them off, but if you had to run him between the tackles throughout the duration of the game, oh, he'd wear out. He would tap out. He didn't want to be there. Remember that. He didn't want to be there. He'd tap out, and they'd bring somebody else in to do the, the heavy lifting. So you just can't put a guy like that as an all-time great. Unfiltered hot takes from Brady Papinga on BYU Sports Nation. Oh, it's Let not me... unfiltered. That's just the reality of life, guys. I'm sorry to break it to everybody. But, <laughs> no, it's but filtered. It's BYU deserved, TV. You know, Grady won the Doug Walker Awards. Grady's getting all the accolades, but he knows. You know, we all know, too. <laughs> I, lo- I love the take on Jamal Williams because, quite frankly, I'm with you. I, th- I think he is the best BYU running back that the Cougars have ever seen because of all the things that you mentioned. He's now in Green Bay along with Taysom Hill and wide receiver Colby Pearson. What is the beginning of training camp like for those three BYU first-year NFL players in Green Bay? Oh, it's simple. You go out there and your sh- well, you go out there with your shoulder pads in your locker, shorts, T-shirt. Put your helmet on, and they just start installing all the simple schemes. And, you know, you start going at it. And then you get the pads on. It gets a little more exciting. And Jamal is going to – I mean, look, Jamal is going to be a big part of that Packers offense regardless of what happens in training camp because bearing that he doesn't get injured, bearing that he doesn't go out there and have some kind of like short-circuiting of the brain to where he's fumbling everywhere and not crawling through with his responsibilities, which I don't see him doing – 
but uh, he's going to be a big part of that Packer offense. So the Packers, I would imagine, are going to try to protect him a little bit during the preseason. They're going to rest him. They're going to want him to carry a big load during the regular season because I do believe it's Ty Montgomery, who they list right now as their number one running back. They're going to use them both the same. They're going to do a two-back system, use Jamal Moore as the tough physical runner, use Ty Moore as a guy that they can manipulate defenses with and motion them out into wide receiver positions because Ty, who is the starting running back, was a receiver last year. That's why he wears an 80 number. So that's really his background. So they're going to want to protect him. But like guys like Taysom, you know, Pearson, Pearson's just got to go out there on special teams and be a demon. I mean, just, I mean, blow dudes up without any pads on, be just an animal, you know, just, he, he's got to get in fights. He's got to tear people's helmets off. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just, that's life, guys. I mean, you got to, you got to go out there and you got to show that A, you want to be there and B, that you're going to be a fighter. And I mean, you got to go out there and you got to make a statement or else you're going to get lost in the crowd and they're just going to cut you. You know, they're just another camp body. Jason's got to go show some signs in the, he's going to get a lot of playing time in the preseason. So he's got to be ready. Like this is his game. This is his season. This is game time for Taysom. And what he's got to show is he's got to show that he can lead an offense to score points in these preseason games and their scrimmages without using his legs and running the ball down the field. He's got to be able to use his legs more to buy time to pass than to run. And if he can do that and just show just show promise, you know, that, Hey, I can, I'm, I'm adapting to this, this new scheme. He already has some experience last year with tie scheme. It's very similar to what Mike McCarthy runs. So he's got some carryover. But if he can show some promise in the pocket and he can show some patience and show that he can use his legs to get receivers open instead of using his legs to run, because we've seen him in a college rink, he will not last. He will, he will get beat up. He just doesn't know how to protect himself. Then he's going to stick around. And I'm not saying he's going to make the team, but he may be their practice squad guy because he has so much potential, so much upside, so many tools that are uncoachable that he just needs to show a little twinkling of a – you know, hope, and they're going to keep them around. So each guy has their own situation. It's cool they're all in it together, but uh, I'll tell you, if you haven't been up to a Green Bay Packer training camp experience, people literally will plan their summer vacations from all different fan bases just to go there. It's it's a phenomenal <laughs> experience. You get ten to 20,000 fans per practice, whether you're in pads and whether you're not in pads. And, uh, again, you get to sort of etch your legacy as a Packer in, these, in this current day in both Taysom, Pearson, and also uh, – Jamal have that opportunity. Yeah, not every team lets uh, guys ride BMX bikes of yeah, fans yeah, get your, up, up yeah, to the field. Get your bicycle out. Yeah, which is, which is yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah. That, that, that locker room, man, it's like 300 yards from the practice field. <laughs> like during the season, it's unbelievable. You have to get in your car because they don't have kids, you know, waiting for bikes with you when the, when it's snowing. You actually have to get in your car fully padded out. I remember doing that for the first time. I'm like, man, this is the first time I've been in a car or any kind of like mobile unit with my pads on since middle school. When we drive from uh, you know our middle school to the nearest opponent, we are fully padded out. You know, there wasn't a locker room to change in, but that's just how it is in Green Bay. Let's finish with this, Brady. Uh, BYU fall camp starts Thursday, which is pretty crazy. We're in July, but BYU. Oh, it's no terrible. More, yeah, I can't believe they did this. It's no more idiotic. two days in college football, plus BYU plays in week zero, technically August 26th. What is a question that you are hoping to – kind of get start to get answered during this fall camp well question i don't think there's going to be any answers in this fall camp you know i, I mean I, I the thing i like to see that i just haven't seen from a ben Cahoon coached wide receiver unit is i haven't seen toughness like ben Cahoon played with to where they're going to go across flail their body on the line and make these diving catches now they'll do it like in spurts but i want to see it done all the time 
Because I'll tell you last year, the wide receiver core probably cost BYU at least two or three games of those close games because of just run-of-the-mill conventional drop passes, which I attribute to coaching. And I don't know what Ben – I mean, ben, like I said, he was a phenomenal player. Your prototypical receiver, but for some reason he just can't relay that toughness. You know, Holiday did a nice job of that. And so that's my biggest question mark. And, I, and camp isn't going to teach us anything because they do limited hitting and, you know, you're in your comfort zone and you're not getting jam-pressed uh, by guys from LSU that are some of the best jam-pressed corners maybe in the country. They're going to be talking smack. They're going to be trying to get in your head. And you're going to have to be able to go look them in the eye. And you're going to have to basically, without saying a word, you're going to have to just, you're going to have to kick their trash. You know what I mean? And you're going to have to keep your head on you. You're going to have to compete. And you're going to have to beat them with your play and not getting any kind of jibber-jabbers. Remember Margin Hooks with a guy by the name of Fred Smoot back when Mississippi State came up to BYU in 2000. He got a Margin Hooks out of his game, and Margin Hooks was deemed worthless. Now, Ben Zuhn wasn't the coach at the time. But the point is, is I like to see the receivers play with more toughness, play like Ben Cahoon played, and make those impossible catches, make them just a consistent routine catch. Help your quarterback out because he's going to throw you open. He's going to put it on a dime before you even turn. We're going to see if they're going to be able to. If they can't, I'm going to tell you, this is going to be a fun year. And if they can't, you know, there's going to be a lot of frustration, a lot of close misses. But uh, that, to me, is the biggest question mark going into camp. But, again, camp won't answer that for us. Great stuff, Brady. We appreciate the time. Know how busy you are. Good luck uh, with your NFL analysis and uh, the 17 different ventures you have going professionally right now. Yeah, I appreciate it, guys. Uh, Have a wonderful day. Thanks for having me on. You got it. Brady Papinga on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. I told you that he would bring some strong opinions. He's one of the best guests we have. Because he is so knowledgeable, he's so passionate. Like I don't agree with the Luke Staley thing, but I can. But I love the argument. I love the discussion. Oh, That's and he's fantastic. One hundred percent bought in on that. There's, there's no wavering on that. Yes, he let. Yeah, yeah. It's a fun combo. I have a lot to say there. <laughs> Another day. Yeah. Up next on BYU Sports Station, let's go in sync with BYU women's soccer and channel the ESP. Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. We're on demand anytime, anywhere. If you missed our conversation with Brady Papinga, wait until you hear what he said about the all-time greatest BYU running backs and why it's so clear to him that Luke Staley is that not in the not top Luke five. Staley, which I disagree with, but it's it was an interesting conversation. Not to mention his take on the wide receivers – last year and what they may have cost BYU and what he wants from them this year in relation to Ben Cahoon and his coaching and the way Ben played. Compelling and rich is what Ron Burgundy would call that last interview. Download the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or TuneIn. Yeah, I called it unfiltered, and he was like, no, this is reality. It's, no, it's BYU TV. It's all filtered. <laughs> Come on, man. BYU women's soccer. Heard of them? Perennially ranked. The it feels like 25-time defending West Coast Conference champions competing for a spot in their first Final Four. They've been so close. They fill Southfield Stadium night in and night out. And they also provide us with some entertainment off the field. Just as energetic off the field, that's right, as we go Between the Lines. BYU Sports Nation presents Between the Lines. A huge part of the game of soccer is communication, teamwork, and what we like to call 
in syncness. 19 of the 28 roster players are returning this year, so we wanted to see how well these teammates knew each other. So we partnered them up. I said a category, and at the same time, they had to see which word came to their head first. This is in sync. All right, team on three. One, two, three. Team! <laughs> Jen and Alicia, 2017 opponent. One, two, three. Ohio Oklahoma. State. Ohio State. <laughs> oh, Penn State. <laughs> <laughs> We're your eyes. Don't be embarrassed. It's fine. Planets. One, two, three. Yes. Mars. <laughs> TV show. One, two, three. Fresh Fun Bob. Fresh Bob. Fresh Bob. I thought you were going to switch back. Fast food restaurant. McDonald's. Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A. Not in seek. Male celebrity crush. One, two, Three. Liam Hazard. <laughs> Ryan Gosling. There it is. Outdoor activity. One, two, three. Bonnie! Goalkeeper term. One, two, three. Keeper. Keeper. <laughs> Keeper. Yeah, there you go. Sport other than soccer. Volleyball. 2017 opponent. You guys ready? Soccer move. One, two, three. Maradona. Oh what? <laughs> Maradona. Maradona. <laughs> A dance move. Ready? One, two, three. Dab. Oh. Dab. <laughs> Down. <laughs> Genre of music. One, two, three. Rap. Country. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Country. Country. <laughs> I'll just copy you. <laughs> Favorite nutrition center item. Oh, 100%. You may know this. One, two, three. Corn power. What? So you guys dressed up for as presidents of the United States for Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> so the presidents of the United States. Ready? One, two, three. George Washington. George Washington. There you go. Goalie term. One, two, three. Keeper. Keeper. Away. Oh. Away. <laughs> Why did you do that? A dessert. One, two, three. Ice cream. Yeah! This next one is a Disney movie. One, two, three. Tangled. Soccer accessory. One, two, three. Cleats. Three for three. I'm going to have to say the most in sync group out of these guys is Taylor and Danica. you say you and your teammate did well probably as expected (laughs) 
Well, we've seen your schedule for this year. We, we didn't want to go easy. I know. We're, you know, we're all in. Team on three. One, two, three. Team! As you can see, there was a whole lot of laughing and yelling from start to finish. We apologize if you didn't understand half the things that they were saying. We had a blast with them, and we wish them luck in their upcoming season. We appreciate the coaches for participating as well. Next week, we are going to rock the streets. We're going to do a BYU football trivia with the students and see what they're most looking forward to with this upcoming season. If you haven't seen any of our segments, go to our YouTube page, follow us on Twitter at BYU underscore BTL, and use the hashtag, as always, BYUBTL. My favorite part about that segment is when there's just nonsense being yelled, you clearly know that they have no, they're not in sync. But, but you can, when they have this, when they say the same word, it's very, yeah, very it's apparent. <laughs> yeah. It reminded me of this program. Random yelling, hard to understand <laughs> what's going on, yeah. yet entertained. Wait, what program? Uh, Studio C. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not nothing Who in Studio love. B. Yeah, Studio C. Yeah. yeah no yeah. yelling in Studio B ever happens. No. Or incoherent words. No. You know. Well, we share an office, to be frank, with yeah. Studio C. So we hear a lot of rant. Like, they'll be doing things. We're like, did someone die in there? <laughs> like, random yeah, yelling. Yeah, to be fair, you and Spencer are in your office playing video games. And I, don't, I hear a lot of I don't know what you're talking about. I have no idea. Yelling. I don't know what you're talking about, I don't know Lauren. if we have NBA Jam in our office or no. not. Like, no. I have no clue. No. 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 no, did we yeah. pay a lot well, of money? We never know. Well, let's say, let's did Jaren pay a lot of money to have every Nintendo let's game Let's say ever? a Super Nintendo game at the same time on three. Ready? One, two, three. NBA, NBA Jam! Yeah, we got it. We got it. We got it. We are Backstreet Boys. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, Lauren. Fantastic stuff as always. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Who do you think will lead BYU in tackles this season and why? Hey, you know what? If you put pads on her, I we saw last year she can catch. Don't don't count against her. Yeah, yeah. Between the lines, idea tackling dummy. At Kiwi Jackman tweets in, wouldn't that be you guys? You tackle the tough topics every day. Yeah, Hashtag baby. brown nosing. Yeah. Hashtag I want swag. <laughs> <laughs> well played. Up next, we want to hear from you. More of you, that is. Who do you think will lead BYU in tackles this season? Stay with us. I have a feeling you will want to listen to or watch our interview with former BYU linebacker and NFL Super Bowl champion I, Brady Papinga. The steam is still coming off of the set. <laughs> from the hot takes. <laughs> wow. Uh, it, it was wild. Like, Luke Staley just got completely thrown under the bus. And Brady Ping has some strong feelings about his uh, teammates I happen to think Luke Staley's the GOAT at running back here. Yeah. Brady put him number six. He put Pete Van Valkenburg, who led BYU in rushing and the country in 1972. But anyway, great, uh, great segment. Great show, by the way, being added to the BYU radio lineup starting next Wednesday, August 2nd, it's called Behind the Mic. Gregory Bell, 8 to 9 Eastern Time. First show next Wednesday with G-Dub on BYU Radio and the app. Very excited about this new program. Yeah, we'll feature Chad Lewis chronicling uh, his trip to Ghana. No. Chad Lewis. Chad Lewis, his trip to Ghana with Ziggy Ansah holding that football camp. Don't want to miss it next Wednesday. Behind the mic with Greg Rebell. Who do you think will lead BYU in tackles this season and why? Let's go to the Twitter machine. Tweet, tweet. At 
Ben Peter, excuse me, at Twiggy or Stone, Ben Peterson says, Fred Warner, senior with lots of experience and already led the team in tackles, had 86 last year, knows how to get it done. There's a chance, but if Butch Powell, like Brady Pinga said, if Butch Powell is not the leader in tackles and he's healthy, there's something wrong. You need to find a new middle linebacker with the line from Brady Papinga. One more tweet in before we profile our last position group before fall camp begins. This from Matt Kip Kent. I have no doubt in my mind that if Butch Pau stays healthy, he will lead all BYU tacklers and garner national attention as well. Leading in tackling doesn't necessarily garner national attention unless he has a crazy amount. Who do you think is going to lead BYU in tackles? And now for our final position group, the oft-unheralded yet critically important to keep guys like Tanner Mangum healthy, the offensive lineman. And a lot of people feel good about this position group. It's interesting because the coaches have kind of tempered their expectations because, yeah, I think we'll be okay. But a lot of people think the offensive line is going to show out this year. Well, you're number two under Kalani Satake. It's the most experienced group on the offensive side of the ball. In fact, let's look at the starting offensive line from left to right, left tackle. Thomas Schoff, nine career starts uh, all last year, freshman All-American. Left guard, Keon Norman, started all 13 games last year. That's great. He's a guy that's on uh, an, on NFL scouts radars. There you go. Center, Tijon Kroma, 38 starts, top five center in college football, according to Pro Football Focus. He started every game he's played in. He missed one game, and he didn't start in that game. Obviously. Remington Trophy Award watch list for, T- for Tijon. That means nothing to me. And right guard, Tooney Knuch, 16 career starts. Right tackle, Austin Hoyt. Backups, young guys, big, experience, uh, non-experienced guys. But I like this group. I think Tanner Mangum's your number one player on offense. But then I think the position group that is the strongest is the O-line. On the offensive side of the yes. ball, the yes. offensive line. Now, here is where my concern is with the offensive lineman. Up front, the first five that you just listed, all experienced, really talented guys. But they are really young after that. Yeah. J.J. and Wigway, what is he, a sophomore, I think? Uh, Austin Chambers, a freshman, redshirt freshman, I think. Key Norman's your backup center, so he's an alternate position guy. Uh, Chandon Herring, I believe, is a redshirt freshman. Keeper and Keeper Longson is a redshirt freshman. So you're right. There, there is a lot of inexperience there. But it's time this season is time for those guys to get ready because you're going to lose Karoma and Norman and Knuch after this year. I think they're one year away. You know, I think they will be from what? From being really like good. what you want, like really a good, deep like, that yes, you're good with. Yes, like the, having the I'm, depth and experience that you want. I'm telling you right now that LSU, Utah, and Wisconsin, there will be injuries. Those guys are just so physical. Those teams are so physical. There will be injuries, and that's why I'm concerned. Yeah. After the starting five, what? Where's the depth? Yeah, you're gonna, you're going to play a freshman at some point. Coming up. We're going to whip it. BYU baseballers doing work professionally. Specifically, a couple of guys you're going to hear about next. Big shout-out to today's guests, Brady Papinga and Lauren Frankham with Between the Lines. Both of them had hot takes in their own right. (laughs) Mostly Lauren. Mostly Brady. She likes to throw us under the bus every once in a while, too, right? (sighs) Non-athletes. Thought it was over that. Hey, coming up this week, Greg Rubel, Blaine Fowler, and players from fall camp. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. Players for BYU Football Report to fall camp tomorrow at 11 a.m. local time. Tomorrow's our fall camp preview show where we'll chat with the player, preview the second year of Kalani Satake's tenure. Cougars in the NFL. 
Or the CFL, eh? Cody Hoffman back in the Canadian Football League with Ottawa. The Red Blacks played last night. Hoffman had one catch for seven yards against the Toronto Argonauts. Also, our guy Jake Heaps signs a deal to play quarterback for the BC Lions. Volleyball. Team USA announced its roster for the Pan American Cup. Brendan Sander, Price Jarman, former Cougar Jake Langlois, named to the team. Former assistant coach Rob Nielsen will coach the team. And former player Joaquin Acosta is on the coaching staff as well. Team USA plays tonight, 6 Eastern, against Mexico in Canada. Cougars in the minors. Michael Rucker continues his dominant play. Carolina League Pitcher of the Week for the second week in a row. He has pitched 20 consecutive scoreless innings. That's amazing. Taylor Cole, by the way, is in AAA with the Blue Jays affiliate Buffalo Bisons. Pitched an inning yesterday. Struck out two and a loss. Colton Shaver has now hit a home run in three straight games, going one for four with the Greenville Astros and a loss to the Princeton Rays. Three games in a row, man. And Colton Mahoney pitched six innings, striking out eight in a Greenville Grasshoppers win over the Asheville Tourists. So they're different Greenville, I yeah. take it? Yep, one with an E, one without. <laughs> Brennan Lund of the Inland Empire 66ers, two for three with a walk and a loss to the Lake Elsinore Storm. Cougars in the Major League. Jacob Bregman and the A's face off against the Blue Jays tonight, 7.07 Eastern. Baseball. Now for the Collegiate All-Stars. Keaton Kringlin of BYU, one for three, and a St. Cloud Rocks loss to the Thunder Bay Border Cats. Cougars in the NBA. Sort of. Kalani Purcell went off scoring a double-double, 22 points, 13 boards for New Zealand, and they went over Chinese Taipei, but I call them Taiwan. The Tall Ferns. The Tall Ferns. Leading the way. Between Tall Ferns. Well done, Kalani. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Health. And the host, DexterLaw.com. Who gets it, Jerem? You going to give it to Luke Staley? I'm going to give it to Luke Staley, the greatest running back of all time. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Are you sorry? Luke, no, I'm not. You're exactly. Right. Yeah. Brady has a personal vendetta that was pretty strong in the uh, second segment there. Who's going to lead BYU in tackles this season? Our elite tweet of the day from Matt Melocopter at Butch Pau 7 because having him on the field is like having someone with a sledgehammer just waiting to swing it at something. He's a sledgehammer. Sledgehammer. Audio podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app. For Jerem, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Max Huber. We're back to work tomorrow with our fall camp preview.